for Bill Clinton's presidential campaign. Just for the record, it was not. It was written many years before that uh, by Christine McVie, actually. She wrote the lyrics, and she was part of Fleetwood Mac, her and her husband, John McVie. And the interesting thing about that song, as, as I have read uh, about it, is that she really wrote that for her husband. At that time, they were in the midst of a breakup. And you think, wow, that had to be heavy. Um, and he was also, now it's known, um, struggling with uh, drug abuse and alcohol abuse. And, and she really wrote that as sort of an encouragement to him. Don't stop thinking about tomorrow. Because he uh, had the self-proclaimed problems with uh, substance abuse. And then also had what we call block in terms of some of his writing of his music and so forth. So she wrote that song kind of from her heart to him. Uh, to say, hey, you know, don't stop thinking about tomorrow. Great, great lyric. It's a great thought. And I want to talk about that because I think that reflects what the Bible teaches. And I'm going to show you some of that in just a moment. And we're going we're gonna to do this. We're going to talk about what happens when we stop thinking about tomorrow, three things that happen when we stop thinking about tomorrow. And um, we're going to probably just cover two and hit the third one real quick and, and, and move because uh, I really want to center in on a couple of these things and get you to kind of think along these lines with me. But the first thing that happens when we stop thinking about tomorrow is this. And this is, Steve referred to it earlier in his words, and, and, and I know he was joking because I know he doesn't really get hung up on his past football days. He does sometimes on his past tennis days. But, um, but uh, we've all done that. And the one thing that happens when we stop thinking about tomorrow is we become prisoners of our past. We become prisoners of our past. That's not a good thing. And you can think about this because when that happens, nothing good happens. Uh, Either we're bitter over the cards that life has dealt us, or the hand, so to speak, that life has dealt us, or, just as bad, we're soured because nothing is as good as it once was. And you've known people like that, maybe you at times, where you think back on maybe it wasn't high school or maybe it wasn't college, maybe it was some previous career, some business decision where that you deal that you pulled together and it was just cool and it was great and the, the chemistry was flowing and, and it was just, you know, the adrenaline was moving and all. And you think back sometimes and those, well, those were good days. Wish I could recapture them. And sometimes people get stuck there. Not a good thing. Um, let me show you a couple of things about that from some of the uh, one thinker and another uh, therapist who's a friend of mine. The first thing is this. Voltaire just had a great quote. And the longer we dwell on our misfortunes, the greater is their power to harm us. This would, of course, have to deal with when we're dwelling on past issues and problems. Um, that's some really good truth in that. It's not Bible, but it could be. Um, the longer we dwell on our misfortunes, the greater is their power to harm us. A good friend of mine who's a therapist put it this way, and I like this. It's, I've, I've used this before. Some of you might recognize this. His name's Dr. Harvey Powers, and he's out of Denver. But listen, it's, bitterness, is, 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 <laughs> bitterness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Boy, isn't that the truth? Some of us have experienced that at times, probably. Um, tough issue. We become prisoners of the past. We become one-dimensional people. We become cynical. We become skeptics. We become stuck. And again, it doesn't matter whether we're stuck on past misfortunes or whether we become stuck on past great accomplishments. Either one 
can keep us in the past. And that's not, that's not where we're to live. That's not, what, that's not what God wants for us. And that's not what's best for us, because God always wants what's best for us. So that's the first thing that happens when we stop thinking about tomorrow. We, we become prisoners of the past. Now I want to take you to, to some really good stuff. We become, second thing is we become losers. Okay, and I want to show you a couple of things that we become losers about. We become losers. We lose the present. When we become hung up on the past, we, and I don't, this is whatever age you are, this is an ageless message. And, uh, and I see this so many times with, with people, even my age, and I'm a young guy, just in case you wanted to know, I keep telling myself that. Um, I see this for all kinds of different people. I mean, we living, I was reading the other day in the journal that, that some of the n- number one, they were talking about the number, or the, not number one, they didn't, they didn't list them, but they are talking about the chief concerns of, of new people who are, uh, who are looking for a career. And one of the first things they look at, you know what it is? Retirement package. Um, I mean, and there's nothing wrong with a retirement package. I hope you have a good one. But I, I hope that whatever you do, you do for other reasons than just because you have good retirement. When we stop thinking about tomorrow, we become losers of the present. Let me show you what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. Give your entire... This is so good. This is from the message translation. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. He says, don't get too hung up on tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. So his point is, give your present, it's your present, it's, it's now. We can get hung up on, on the past, we can get too hung up on tomorrow, like long distance tomorrow. Let me show you another great thinker, great German dramatist, novelist, poet, um, and uh, this, is a good, this is a good thought. One, this is good. One ought, every day at least, to hear a little song, read a good poem, see a fine picture, and if it were possible, to speak a few reasonable words. I like that. That's, that's, being, that's being right now. And what's going to happen in the future, God will take care of. Um, I have these things. I've used some of these before, so if you've been coming here a while, you've heard a few of these things. Um, somebody, and I, I'll give you the, give all the proper credit on the, uh, on the uh, slide, on the uh, PowerPoint, but I have this thing of, of, of this anonymous Friskin, Franciscan, excuse me, uh, Franciscan friar, and um, that he wrote things that he would do differently. And these are very interesting, and it helps us understand what it means to live in the present. Thinking about tomorrow, not stopping to think about, you know, that. These are some good things. Think about this with me. All right, number one, he said, I would relax. I would limber up. I would be sillier than I had been this trip. It's interesting, isn't it? How about another one? I know of very few things I would take seriously. Well, I like that. That is so true. So many times I told, I think, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, I don't know, um, but I said this, that, I, that I, when I told you all about how I went back and, and I found an old computer and Michael, we keep talking about Michael and you don't know who Michael, Michael Hottie is that guy back there in the, in the control booth and he is our director of production, which means he does everything. Um, and an incredible, incredible musician as well. And um, he can take a computer and literally make it sing. Whatever you want it to do, he can make it do. And so I have this old computer and I, I keep my uh, journal on my computer. And um, this is an old one. This is like in the mid-90s. And um, it, was before, it was before I saw the light and switched 
away from Mac. And um, just, just wanted to throw that in. We have that thing going on all the time in our office, you know, because Steve's a big Mac guy. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Actually, I'm jealous because they're so cool. But anyway, um, so I had this old computer, and I said, I got a journal in there. I'd like to have it. And we started kind of messing around with it, and I'm not sure how, but we found part of it. And I read one of these things, and it was a kind of, my journal is kind of a running commentary with God. Well, this happened, and God, please help me, and here we go, you know. And I was reading about it, and I was talking, and in my journal, I was talking about some huge issue that I was having with a person. And this was in Vail. And, uh, and, and I didn't put the person's name in there. Maybe it was you. I don't know. And uh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I didn't put the person's name on there. And it, but when I, and as I was reading the writing, it was like, this is keeping me up at night. This is really bothering me. This is really huge. I couldn't remember what the heck the thing was. Couldn't even remember it. Yet at that time, it was something that was just eating me up. Isn't that amazing how that works sometimes? That's why I like it. I, I, I know of very few things I would take seriously. I would take more trips. I'd be crazier. This is Fryer said. I would climb more mountains, swim more rivers, watch more sunsets. I'd do more walking and looking. I like this one. I would ride more merry-go-rounds. I don't know about this. I'd pick more daisies. I'll think about that one a little bit. This is the one I like. I would eat more ice cream and less beans. I like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is my kind of guy. Um, I would play hooky more. That's what I, I took one of our high school kids this week to lunch. We got out for lunch, and he was supposed to be gone for an hour. Never mind. But... Um, <laughs> We had a nice lunch and took him somewhere else for dessert and we had a nice time. He missed class or two. I said, ah, don't worry about it. Anyway, um, I don't, I, listen, I, it was okay, okay? Don't get the wrong idea that I'm getting some high school senior to miss something that's extremely important. That wasn't the case. His last thing, this is a Franciscan fire, I would have more actual troubles and fewer imaginary ones. When we stop Thinking about tomorrow, we lose the present. Jesus says, don't lose the present at any expense. We lose the present. We can't do that. Whether it's looking backwards or looking forward, don't lose the present. The other thing that we do, and this is, this is huge to me, we lose adventure. We not only lose the present, but we lose adventure that is in our lives. And that, I, I chose that word carefully. We lose adventure. And I want, to take you, I want to take you to something in just a moment. Don't show it yet. I want to take you to a passage in the Bible that talks about this. It's from the Apostle Paul, written around 64, 65 A.D. And, um, and here was a guy, the Apostle Paul, who was a pretty strong guy, pretty strong personality, pretty big dog, so to speak. And, and he had some accomplishments that he could talk about from the past in many different ways. But I want, you to, I want you to see what he says, because this is really good. It comes from the book of Philippians. Okay, let me show you this. Philippians chapter 3. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I keep working toward that day when I will finally be all that Christ Jesus saved me for and wants me to be. No, dear brothers and sisters, I'm still not all I should be. Watch this. But I am focusing all my energies on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. 
I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling us up to heaven. There's an adventure here. And when one gives their life to God, and one says, God, I want to serve you, and whatever I do, however I live, whatever I'm about, I want to serve you. I want to, you say, what does that mean? I, I want to live my life in a way that will be pleasing to God, is what he's saying. And he says, I want to do that, and I don't, want to, I, don't want to get, I don't want to rest on my laurels, so to speak, on what I've accomplished. I don't want to get hung up on the past of past misfortunes and getting shafted or, or, or some other kind of thing. I don't want to get hung up on that. I want to move forward from this day forward, live in the present and, and what, what happens with the days to come. That's what he says. So we become losers not only of the present, but we become losers of the adventure in our lives that God created us to have. This is very important to me. Last week, if you weren't here, and I'll just, I won't go through the whole thing, but I gave a very brief uh, description of some of the things in my own journey and my own personal life and shared some, some personal things. You can listen to it on the CD. It's in the back or online. We have that on, uh, online as well. It's called Restoration. And, um, but this is very important to me because we can get so hung up on doing things, good things, raising your children, doing your job. Is, it's probably a great job and probably contributes to society. We get so hung up on that that we lose the real adventure in life that God created us all to have, created us all uniquely to have. I want to repeat a real quick I haven't. I told a story several months ago, well, actually probably been a year or so ago. But uh, for those of you who don't know me, I, I did spent quite uh, about a year and a half or so after we, after we left Vail working with the National Prayer Breakfast in D.C. And one of the famous quotes that I heard, and I wasn't there to hear it myself, I was, I was not present at the, very, at the very moment, but I knew all about it, it, was the last time that Mother Teresa had spoken to the National Prayer Breakfast. Great lady, just a wonderful woman of God. It's the only way you can describe her. And one of the congressmen, who, whom I know, asked her, what can we pray, well, I thought this was kind of a gutsy question. He said, what, what can we pray for you about? And you know, you'll never believe her answer. I mean, you know, if you've read anything about Mother Teresa, she works with the poorest of the poor in Calcutta, or she did before she uh, passed away to go be with the Lord. And, and, and they said, well, what, what, what can we pray for you about? And she said, pray that my work among the poorest of the poor would not come between me and my relationship with God. I know that feeling. I shared that a little bit last week. Doing good things. I don't care whether you're a minister, whether you're a businessman, whether you're a builder, whatever you are. We all can get so hung up on, on the stuff right now. Good stuff. Not bad stuff. We're not talking about doing four lines of cocaine. We're not talking about that. We're talking about good stuff. That We get so hung up on that that we can forget, hey, God created me in a unique way desires to have a relationship with me and to lead me on this adventure we call life. And that's a terrific thing. And sometimes we get so bound down and so hung up on all this stuff that we forget that. Whether it's, whether it's just living in the past or just getting stuck there or, or whatever it happens to be, it's not good. That's why the Apostle Paul, just this great, great man, said, hey, I am focusing all my energies on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Don't become a loser. Now, the way that happens, let me just mention this as I talk about this adventure. This adventure is a relationship with God. 
And this is, this is sort of the essence of Renaissance, if you will. And I'll just say a few things here, and I, and I, and I, I, want, to be as, I want to be as respectful as I can. I know I have some friends here who, who are Jewish and so forth, and, and they, they understand we're here, and, and, and I love them, and they know that. And, but I want to just be very blunt. We're, we're, about a, we're about exploring and experiencing a relationship with God. We believe through Jesus, who came and suffered and died and went to the tomb and rose again to give us not just eternal life, but abundant life. And when one comes to faith, they come to recognize Jesus, Jesus did that for me. And I want to put my trust in him. And you know what? And that's, 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 a, that's a, a movement of faith in your own life. You may have done that. You may be thinking about that. You may think, oh, yeah, you know, I'm not sure. That's fine. Wherever you are on that, you, you deal with that. It's between you and God. It's not between you and anybody else. Except you and God. And you deal with that according to as you, as you feel whatever's going on inside. But that's the adventure. That's why we can't stop thinking about tomorrow. We lose too much. And God never intended you to live that way. I want to show you one last thing. Not only do we, not only do we become prisoners of our past, not only do we become losers, but we eliminate, this is really cool, we eliminate a great mystery and the need for God. Now let me, let me explain something on this. We really don't do that. We think that we can be safe. We think it's safer to not worry too much, not be concerned too much. I don't mean worry, but not get too concerned about the future. We think, well, I don't want to, I want to, I want to kind of rest. I want to kind of, I want to kind of just take it easy here. And we think we can do that. And, and certainly we can, but not only do we get stuck in the past, not only do we become losers in that whole thing, but that we eliminate this great mystery of life that God, our creator, has for us. And I want to show you one example of that. And I'm going to take you to the Old Testament to do that. And, and uh, I, you know, I didn't do this for the, only for this reason, but for my friends here who are Jewish, I kind of wanted to give you a little Old, old Testament stuff here, okay? Not only that, but I happen to love the Old Testament. And I happen to love this particular guy. His name is Caleb. And it's at the end of the time when the, uh, when the children of Israel, the nation of Israel, the Jewish people at this particular time, being led by Joshua, who had succeeded Moses. And they're being led by him. And they're taking over the promised land. The promised land we now know is Israel. And they're dividing it up among the 12 tribes. And there's one tribe that Caleb leads. And Caleb comes to Joshua, his old friend of years and years and years. And he said, he said Joshua, I want, I want the hill country. Now, let me give you a little geography lesson. I've been there. And the hill country that he was asking for was some of the most difficult country in Israel. It had some of the most difficult things going on there. It had some of the worst kinds of people that had to be conquered. And, and some of you may have some issues with some of the Old Testament things. The, thing, the people that God had told Caleb and Joshua at this point to, to conquer, these were people, they were, they were sacrificing babies, they were, I mean, I, I really honestly can't go into the details of how bad they were, it'll just disgust you. Um, it would be equivalent, only more disgusting than child pornography that we see today. And, that, and if you read the history of these people, they were just awful people. These were the people who, who dominated this hill country where Caleb said, that's where I want. Now, I want to take you back to that passage where this is happening. And in Joshua 14, verse 6, the people of Judah came to Joshua at Gilgal. Caleb, the son of Jebnana, the Kizite, spoke. You'll remember what God said to Moses, the man concerning you and me, back at Kadesh Barnea. This is 40 years earlier. Okay? 
I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of God, sent me from Kadesh to spy out the land. And I brought you back, I brought back an honest and accurate report. My companions who went with me, they, were dis- they discouraged the people, but I stuck to my guns totally with God, my God. This is, a, again, a modern translation. And what he's talking about is the fact after they came back from the scouting report, 10 of the 12 people said, we don't want to go in there. Those people are too bad. Joshua and Caleb said, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Bring it on. Let's go, baby. That's basically what they said. Modern paraphrase, but that's what they said, okay? And that, verse 9, that was the day that Moses solemnly promised, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance, you and your children's forever. Yes, you have lived totally for God. Now look at me. God has kept me alive. This is, this is Caleb talking. Look at me. God has kept me alive as he promised. It's now 45 years since. Do the math, because look what he's going to say. Here I am today, 85 years old. You say, well, the calendar changed, didn't it? You know what? In any economy, 85 is old, okay? Just for the record. Now, we can argue about 50 and 60 and 70, but 80 we can't argue about. That's old, okay? Just had to get that in. Um, Does he sound insecure? Yeah, a little bit, okay. We won't go there right now. Okay, look at this. I, I, here I am today, 85 years old. I'm as strong as I was the day Moses. I love this guy. This guy, this is my guy. Look at this. I'm as strong as the day Moses sent me out. I'm as strong as ever in battle, whether coming or going. So give me the country. I mean, I think he said it like it. So give me that country. I'm going. And he got it and he did it. And I love that. He said, listen, I'm 85 years old. I'm not resting on anything. I'm going to keep on moving. As long as, look at the last line, if God goes with me, I will drive them out, just as God said. Gosh, I love that. Never give up. Never be discouraged by disappointments, by age, by weariness, by sore muscles. I mean, don't be be discouraged by that. Don't stop thinking about tomorrow. That's what he's saying. When you are intentionally moving on with your life, you will always have a great need to trust an almighty God. And to think that we can live differently is a grand illusion. We always will have a great need, a great need to trust God. Don't stop thinking about tomorrow. Trust God. You know, I'm going to play a trick on you right here, a little word trick on you. When we're thinking ahead, we leave something behind. It's called a legacy. Let me read something to you real quick. Just some lyrics from something you're going to hear in just a moment. I want to leave a legacy. How will they remember me? Did I choose to love? Did I point to you enough to make a mark on things? I want to leave an offering, a child of mercy and grace, who blessed your name unapologetically and leave that kind of legacy. When we're thinking about tomorrow, we're going to leave a great past. We're going to leave a great past. Trusting in God, and I believe trusting in Christ on a daily basis to give us strength, wisdom, ability, is going to make the difference. Let's all pray together. Lord God, we come to you maybe a little reflective, Maybe a little 
thinking about some things of the past and maybe even thinking about a few things in the future. But Lord God, help us to not stop thinking about tomorrow. Help us not to live in the past. Help us not to be prisoners of the past. Help us to not be losers, losers of the present, losers of the great adventure that you have for us. And Lord God, help us to know that as we continue to move forward, we are always going to have to trust you. We can never get around that. So I pray, God, that we would continue to do that. I pray that each one of us would take an examination of our own lives, wherever we are in our journey, in our walk, our relationship with you, just to to do a little examination of our own life. For some of us, it may mean, Lord, Lord, I want to trust you right now. For some of us, it may mean, Lord, give me the strength to not stop thinking about tomorrow. For some of us, it may be, Lord, give us the strength and give us the energy and give us the wisdom to know what next hill to conquer. So, Father, we, we, we hold these things before you, and we, we give you the praise, and we give you the thanks for these thoughts, and help us to live them. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you listen carefully to the words of this song.